Amen. Please be seated. Having been your pastor now for almost a year, you've probably figured out I love to talk about art, I love to talk about music, and I love to talk about vocabulary words. Here's your vocabulary word for Christmas Day, one to weave into a conversation during the 12 days of Christmas, which, by the way, start today, not 12 days ago. Shekinah. Well, pastor, that almost sounds dirty. No, it's clean. Hebrew, Shekinah. It is the glory of the Lord and how the glory of the Lord manifests itself among God's people. At the end of the book of Exodus, the Shekinah shows up and lights over the tabernacle. If you remember your Old Testament history, you know that the tabernacle is the temporary home of God among his people. He led them by a pillar of cloud in the daytime and a pillar of fire in the nighttime in the wilderness as they went from Egypt into the promised land. And along the way, there came the time to build the tabernacle, the temporary home of the dwelling place of God among his people. And the Shekinah of the Lord shows up at the end of the book of Exodus after they had got the tabernacle all built and all ready The glory of the Lord manifests himself and lights over the tabernacle and fills the whole thing up. Yeah, we might call it holy smoke. And one wonders if that was even said that day. Holy smokes, it's God. It sure was. Then God's people build a dwelling place for him in Jerusalem. David was ready to build it. In fact, Nathan even told him, go ahead. And then God told Nathan, not time, not ready. I'm not ready. When Solomon came along, God said, oh yeah, I'm ready. And so they built it. And once again, the glory of the Lord dwelled in the temple. And God's people get get carried off to another land. And the temple gets pretty much knocked down to its foundations. And after a time of exile, they return to the holy city of Jerusalem and build it again. And the glory of the Lord once again dwells among his people. The Shekinah, beloved, now has become flesh. No more pillar of cloud, no more pillar of fire. No more temple curtain that separates God from man. The holy place from the most holy place. Because what dwells behind that curtain in the most holy place, now has skin. And he cries. And he is fed by his mother. And his dad has doting eyes over him, both his heavenly father and his earthly dad, too. And shepherds come running to see this thing that has happened, And Mary has a lot to think about. Can you only imagine her diary entry for that day? Dear diary, the Son of God is born. She's saving up all these things in her heart because it's all going to come back at some point. It's all going to come back. And she'll see it very clearly. Like pieces of a puzzle. 
The top of the box will be revealed to her over time, and she will see the fullness of God's revelation. We have about 2,000 plus years of distance now from that moment in Bethlehem. And in our time and place now, in the year of our Lord 2022, we would love to see God's glory manifest itself once again. This time, however, I think in a different way. In the way of, let me have what I want, Lord. If there even is a Lord, just let me have my way. Let me have what is mine. Let me enjoy the time. Let me enjoy all the glory. And the glory of the Lord seemingly fades into the background on a day like today. For pastors, this is acutely difficult. Because for so long we stand up here and we think about what new way can I tell the story? Because y'all come every year and you get to hear Luke 2 and you get to hear John 1 and you're like, well, you got something else? No. All the preacher has today is more Shekinah talk. Not Shuck and Jive talk, Shekinah talk. Like perhaps you, I am blown away, flat out amazed at the fact that the same God who created the heavens and the earth, the same God who made a promise to Adam and Eve and especially to the serpent in the garden, and the promise was, there is one coming from her seed that's going to stomp your head for what you've done here today. Satan, the same God who made a promise to Abraham and made countless promises to Isaac, to Jacob, to Joseph, to Judah, and all of the other children of the Heavenly Father throughout the Old Testament, the same God who told David not yet in building the temple and allowed Solomon, his son, to see that day, The same God who had to watch over his children fuss and fight and create disturbances over heritage. The same God who allowed, allowed the Babylonians to come in and take the remnant, the leftovers of what was once the most powerful nation in the world. They went from the most powerful nation of the world to a handful of people being carried off into Babylon, mocked all the way in less than 425 years. And then God sent Cyrus and the Persians and said, you're welcome to go home now and start all over again. And so they did. And then, for some strange reason, the Lord goes quiet for over 400 years. 
until that day when Zechariah was standing in the Shekinah place. And instead of seeing a dark and mysterious ark, he saw the angel of the Lord. And the fullness of time had come. What were we expecting? And what did we get? We got Shekinah, right? Shekinah in a diaper. John tries to explain it the best he can in today's Holy Gospel. I'll argue, and if William Shakespeare did have a coffee table, I'd stand on it and tell him so, that what we heard today is the most beautiful passage that has ever been written in any language. He tries to explain it. He starts at the center and builds a spiral and tries to spiral his way out of it, arguing out of a wet paper bag, you might say. But even John finally has to bow his knee to the Shekinah at hand. You can't so much explain how God becomes man. I'm sure we could use some sort of fancy scientific terms and try to make it palatable to our sin-sick brains. <laughs> no. Not to be explained. To be marveled. To be adored. Something for which you just have to shake your head and go, what an amazing Savior we have. Now, here's the thing about Shekinah. Shekinah is revealed for all. All of us. And when I say all, I'm talking about even the worst of us. Shekinah is revealed to your enemy. And sometimes your enemy is yourself. That's today. The glory of the Lord that filled the tabernacle now fills a manger and will grow in stature and in favor with God and man. And the baby boy, wrapped in swaddling cloths, will swaddle himself to a cross. All for you. He will leave those swaddling cloths in the tomb and rise forth as the firstborn from the dead, triumphant over death, the final enemy that we have. All for you. He is born to make death meaningless.
That's the Shekinah for today. Death is meaningless. Access to our Heavenly Father, once guarded by a curtain, that if you even stuck your pinky finger through it, you would die. Because you can't stand in the presence of the very Shekinah of the Lord and live, you see. That's done. Jesus has finished it all. And he does it for you. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing. He did it for you. That's the thing about Christmas. We are looking for some sort of new manifestation of glory. And it better be something that everybody can see and it better help me out. Beloved, is there anything more helpful for you on this day than the Savior being born? Born for you to die and to live. That the Shekinah may appear at the last and stand over your grave and call out your name. And the names of all of your loved ones, those you know and those you don't, and even those you wish you didn't know. And welcome you into a Shekinah that never ends. A new creation. Christmas Day really isn't a day for creativity. It's a day to tell the story. To look at each other and to look at ourselves and to remind ourselves about this thing that has happened in Bethlehem and the implications thereof. You stood before people and said it when you were a little boy or a little girl in a Christmas program. You hear it in song over and over and over and over again on the radio. And I'm thinking next year they're going to start the Christmas music about Labor Day. Hobby Lobby already starts at July 5th, so what's the point? The point is this. It's good to hear it again, isn't it? Like I said last night, we look at Luke 2 and John 1 every year as if the ink is not yet dry on the scroll. It becomes new and fresh every time we hear it. Especially when we take time to come here to the house of the Lord and ponder it and chew on it for a little while. And find out that God is still in the glory business. But his glory is wrapped not in a pillar of cloud or a pillar of fire or a great victory over the enemy in a war. God now wraps himself in flesh and blood and bones and sinew and brains and teeth and hair. And does so willingly, willingly, 
for better class of losers like you and me. Because in Christ we win. It's not the win that you were looking for with earthly laurels and praise. It's a win of eternal life. That's the Shekinah. Today, tomorrow, next week, and for the rest of your life. And yes, even for the life of the world to come. It's enough to make you shake your head and go, huh, and that's something. I agree. For this I went to seminary, and I still stand before you and go, today, huh, and that's something. That's something. That's Jesus. Merry Christmas. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.